So for today's podcast, Dr. David Smith taking the time to stop by. Thank you, David, very much for this. So let's just do an update. We haven't done one for a a little bit and look at where things are at. You know, here we are the week before the two-week winter break. So um, let's just talk about that as far as when people ask you, and I know you get this question, what are you looking at? How do you make the decisions you're making in terms of EVSC managing to stay uh, and keep in-person instruction going? So just talk about that. Certainly. Well, we look at a variety of sources from uh, quite a bit of data, certainly from the Indiana State Department of Health, as well as our local health experts. Blessed to be on a COVID call Monday through Thursday. Uh, that's very, very informative. As you know, the pandemic uh I think we need to certainly rely upon our healthcare experts, and we're blessed to have so many of those in Evansville and Vandenberg County. And then also look at EVSC data. Um, specifically, when we look at uh, EVSC data, we also want to know about staffing levels. And so are we able to have substitutes uh, for those that may be out as a close contact or those that may have tested positive? So uh, glean information from a variety of sources. And I think the key is there just not only how dedicated you and other people are to looking at that, but the frequency of it, because we know these numbers can change quickly. So this is not a a case where you just monitor the data on a Monday morning and then assume it's going to stay steady the rest of the week. No, uh, the data sources are monitored at least three times throughout the day, morning, uh, afternoon, and then also the evening. And you're right. We are very fortunate and blessed in this community to have those health experts that you're really able to lean on because they're giving you the bigger picture really outside of just education in terms of the the data and how it impacts everyone in the community. Absolutely. From day one, they've been there for us as they have been the entire community. We are so blessed in Vandenberg County to have the expertise that we have that resides within Vandenberg County. I want to talk just a second about you. You talked about looking at employee data First of all, just out of concern for that to see where we're at, but of course, in terms of openings and then uh, in fill rates when it comes to substitutes. And one thing we've done lately is we've really been pushing for sub opportunities. It's a great opportunity for people. So you want to just talk for a second about substitutes and and what that means to us to have these individuals coming in to help. Sure, as we indicated before, uh, we have minimal transmission within EVSC. So I, I think many people. Uh, thought that as uh, the number of positive cases rose in Vanbury County, that EVSC would be forced to go to student e-learning. That has not been the case, uh, first of all, because we've not really seen significant or, or we've seen very minimal transmission, if at all, within the school setting. So then it really came down to, could we continue to staff our schools? Uh, so when uh, teachers are either identified as close contact or positives, they'd be out for a number of, of days, actually up to two weeks. So it was very important to be able to have qualified and experienced substitute uh, in their place. We did put the call out as we had done numerous times in the first semester and in the summer, but uh, we also started to appeal to uh, university students as they were returning. And that has been very, very successful. Uh, two weeks ago, we had, I think, in excess of 117 applicants. And since that time, we've had a significant number more apply. So we are working through those uh, applicants in a very diligent manner. Uh, and we have had uh, an increasing number of substitutes come on for us. So I think really that's why we have been able to stay in the brick and mortar setting. Uh, we're really blessed to have our permanent staff, as well as a great pool of substitute teachers now. 
And, you know, one thing I think that's interesting is we're so happy to, to see these subs coming in, especially you alluded to the college students. It's a great experience for future educators it as is. well. Wouldn't it be wonderful, though, if some college students would come in and all of a sudden discover that this could be a passion for them where they didn't even know that working in a school would be something as a career to interest them? That certainly would be an added benefit, not only for us, but for our students. Sure. Um, you talked a bit about this uh, when you were saying that you mentioned about the period out. And, and then we're talking about quarantine period. So let's just update individuals if they didn't hear this yet. Recently, there was uh, a slight change in guidance from the CDC that the local health department, the Indiana Department of Health signed off on as well, reducing that quarantine period. Do you want to talk a bit about what that is if, if people have not heard that? Certainly. In the past, if you were a close contact, then you would need to quarantine for 14 days. The revised guidance from the CDC actually was a two-prong approach. One was the 14 days was reduced down to 10 days. And then there was also another provision that if uh, within, I think, five to seven days you had a negative test, mm-hmm. you could return on the eighth day. The Vanbrugh County Health Department officials were not comfortable with that. So we are not utilizing that potential recommendation. But we are utilizing the 10-day recommendation from the CDC. The Vanderbilt County Health Department was was fine with that. And the key with that, of course, is asymptomatic. This Correct. is only for individuals who have not shown any symptoms as they were identified as a close contact. Absolutely. If you become symptomatic, then then that option is off the table. Sure. Let's talk a bit about a, a recent change that was approved at our last uh, school board meeting, and that dealt with a change to the second semester school calendar. We're going to pull that up so we can take a look at that. So uh, in in particular, we're talking about four days, one in March, two in April, and one in May. You want to talk about that, Dr. Smith? Certainly. We've learned quite a bit from the first semester, and we do realize to accomplish the mitigation strategies that we've employed, primarily social distancing, that meant that we had to have more class sections available for our students because Basically, our class sizes overall are down. So in order to accomplish that, uh, teacher plan period was reduced from the previous amounts of times they've had in, in past years. We do know that that's been very, very challenging for our teachers. We know the pandemic is challenging for everyone. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we do think that we can do to strike a balance between the needs of our staff, our students, as well as our families, is to take a look at the calendar for second semester. On uh, two days in April, according to the original iteration of the calendar, we had April the 16th and April 30th as potential makeup days. So parents would have already had plans in place for those days, knowing that they were potentially going to be days off, that their students would be home and not in the brick and mortar setting. What the board voted to do was to add two additional days, those being March the 12th as well as May the 14th, that would also be those student e-learning days. So teachers will have some additional plan time to plan either singularly or in a PLC. And and our students will also be instructed then through synchronous learning. So they will remote in and they will receive their instruction from their teachers and then we'll have additional work to do on those four days. So hopefully we've struck a good balance uh, for teacher needs or student needs as well as our family needs without creating an undue burden or hardship on anyone. And these four days are in 
they're really based on the model that we saw and tested out, if you will, on election day. We had eight of our schools uh, that we switched to an e-learning staff development day, uh, very much like these four days, because students weren't going to be in the buildings on those days because they were voting sites. And those four days were met with great success, both from a teaching standpoint from the teachers and a learning standpoint from the students. Correct. And we've we've learned from that. We've put that additional guidance out for our faculties and staff. So we do think that we can uh, have these four e-learning days for students and staff development days and, and everyone will benefit. Okay. And just finally, I guess to, to wrap up this update, um, I, I think what really stands out is just the protocols that were put in place and how people have worked with those to become successful. And I'm talking about our employees um, and our students who have really done a phenomenal job going back to the start of the school year. Well, you're right. Um, we are so blessed to have been able to remain in the brick-and-mortar setting. Uh, not every school district can do that. I'm so appreciative of the capacities that we do have, though, that has made that happen. But I actually had a teacher mention this earlier and said, thank you for trusting us as teachers to be able to get this work done. Thank you for trusting our students to know that they would follow those mitigation strategies. And thank you for trusting our parents to make certain that they would screen their children every morning, to make certain that they would encourage their children to do what is right during uh, the school day for those social distancing and mitigation strategies. So we did trust our local community, and that trust, I think, has, has shown then that when actually putting out those high expectations, our staff, our students, our families can meet those high expectations, and our students then are the beneficiaries of being able to take advantage of in-person instruction every day this fall semester. And then certainly we've got a two-week break coming up for winter break for the holidays, and that's going to be an excellent time for everyone, such a well-deserved break, just to kind of decompress, catch your breath so that we're ready to do this again in January. This is one time where I think I can speak for every staff member. We are grateful for that break. We're tired, uh, sure. and we are so beneficial and, and, and blessed to be able to, to take advantage of that break. Okay. All right. That wraps up our update for today. David Smith, thanks for coming in. And uh, we look forward to more good things to come as we continue to navigate through this period of time. Thanks.